Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Agenda Series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. Joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, TC. Also, all, almost match day. I'm excited. I'm excited. So just get mm. to get to Saturday. Indeed, it's gonna be it's gonna be buzzing at the Emirates. You know, I tried hard to get a ticket, but it's uh, it's, it's crazy. You can't get tickets these days at Arsenal. It's mental. Uh, how many people are trying to go to games? It kind of shows you the the feel. I think of the majority of the fan base right now is very much excited and uh, yeah, really really excited about what's going to be happening potentially this season. We'll have to wait and see. Good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well, Stevie. Good morning to you uh let's go to dan it says good morning guys and girls i'm wondering if tom has any info on frankie de Jong to arsenal yeah i have some info not happening <laughs> it's as simple as that simple as that uh melanie good morning to you uh good morning to carl good morning to craig good morning to garthy to zender good morning guys uh i hope you're having a fantastic time if you haven't already done so drop a like on the video we start uh, I didn't want to talk about this yesterday because, of course, it just came out. Um, and I didn't want to give people time to watch the episodes. I know you're still yet to watch episode six uh, of All or Nothing. So what we can talk about, of course, Bailey, is the Aubameyang controversy, yeah. which, of course, is covered across the first two episodes of episode four and five. What do you make of of getting a little bit of an inside look at more of what happened during that saga? Yeah, I think Mikel Arteta handled it. Pretty well. I don't think you can really, really criticise him. Maybe you could say he was ruthless, but it's important you have a coach at the club and, and rules that can't be broken and you can't suddenly just get reintegrated into the team because you need a striker. I think that goes against goes against your standards, to be honest. And then other players will of, of, of obviously get the get the inkling that they can do the same as Aubameyang and think they can come back into the squad too. So I think Arteta's ruthlessness was correct. I think it was a necessity. And I think the way we handled it was, was really good. It was also interesting to see how... Arsenal did lean on Lacazette a little bit also to, to, to once Aubameyang was gone, to really insert his leadership because I know they were close as well to make sure the group doesn't become too disharmonised. But I think in general, mm. the way the situation was handled was 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 it was how it had to be done. I don't think you can really criticise Edu, uh, the, the, te- the technical directing team, of course, or Mikel Arteta. I think it went about the, the necessary way. I think bringing him back into the squad would have been would have harmed the team morale a little bit and maybe would have questioned Arteta's reputation and his initial decision-making because I think if you strip a player off the captaincy, now that's where it gets hard to really integrate them back into the team. And if you say you're banishing them from the first team, to suddenly bring them back and allow them to start again, that does, you, you do question the person's initial decision. So I think Arteta was right to to, to, to stand on his mark because I know Edu and and the rest did want to maybe bring Aubameyang back into the team. Mm, but yeah. Arteta was like, no, no chance. And I think Arteta was right in that situation. Uh, Benis Durkamp. <laughs> In the chat says, uh, I thought it showed how classy the club is. Mikelata had a dossier, and if they mm. wanted, they could have thrown Alba totally under the bus by releasing that info. Uh, did that come across you a little? Um, 
I don't want to use the word threat, but, you know, it did feel a bit like, you know, publishing saying we've got this document, everything here, you know, come at us. <laughs> we, we've got all yeah. this info. Well, I, that's kind of how I felt about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I think Arteta knew he has he has the evidence right there. I don't think Arsenal wanted to release the actual the mm. behind the scenes reasoning. I think Aubameyang probably wouldn't have allowed it when he's not at the club anymore. Anymore, sorry. Plus, mm. yeah, it, it does create this more toxic a toxic atmosphere on, around the team, regardless of that does come up again. So, but again, if Aubameyang does come out or anything does come out, he's got the evidence in that document that they need to see that document. <laughs> so history. I don't know how much the times, when, how, where. That's, that is interesting. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we also got uh, a little glimpse as well, more glimpse, I should say, into some of Arteta's kind of left field tactics ahead of and after games and stuff. We've got a little glimpses to next week's uh, episodes where he uses a light bulb, which you may have heard about as well in kind of a, a tactic. He talked about the rabbit and the and the duck. Have you seen that bit yet? It's, that bit, so basically, there's <laughs> like an image of uh, it's like an image which, if you look at it, some people might see a duck and some people might see a rabbit. It's like the same image, and he basically uses using the example of saying. You can teach people the same thing, but, you know, people might interpret it in different ways and he needs to get everybody seeing the duck rather than seeing the rabbit. And I get the theory behind it. There's a lot of kind of left field stuff and yeah. I think there's a lot of memeable things uh, in the series. I mean, Arsenal are getting battered by, you know, other teams as you kind of expect, you know, Spurs got battered. City didn't because they won the league, so you can't really batter them. But Spurs certainly did. Uh, I remember the whole thing when Mourinho was watching Sky Sports talk. They were talking about like doubts about Mourinho, and he just goes, oh, "I'll do one," basically. <laughs> basically. But yeah, Arsenal are getting memed. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about your, your team yeah, getting memed? Uh, it was always going to happen. I think as soon as it was announced that there was going to be an all or nothing documentary series, it was getting memed from then. So this is just mm. icing on the cake. Really, it was going to happen. I think the. At the moment, the biggest meme is the shirt where even Edu posted it about the um, passion. Oh, I forgot, I forgot the other words, but it was on a shirt where Arteta in the first episode. Oh, did, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, the Tottenham match. Uh, it was passion. The brain but, and the heart. Yeah, and, and the, the heart, fans. Yeah, and the fans. Yeah, yeah the energy. The emotion, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Edu's got it on his uh, <laughs> he's got the t-shirt now yeah. of course on, to, uh, on his Instagram page look it's uh, yeah it's 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 very memeable there's some funny bits there's some bits that are going to get ripped apart it is what it is I think you take it at, at face value I think if you go into the series as a, as very much kind of a, as a doubter as Mikel Arteta you're going to take away a lot of the thoughts if you go into the series very much as someone who's very happy with Arteta I think you're going to see it for the positives it's very much I think how you view Arteta is how you will come away from it. I don't think it's going to change people's minds. I think it will strengthen either side of the coin on Arteta either way because there's things to be taken in, in both circles. But I'm enjoying it for what it is. I, I, I knew what we were going to expect. I like some of the little intricacies of things we haven't yet seen, but I'm also very savvy enough to know that there are... It's a tip of the iceberg still, you know, in terms of kind of, you know... I kind of look at it as go from the outside before this series, we kind of could look at the iceberg. At the moment now, we can see kind of what the tip of the iceberg is, but there is so much under the water at this club that we just don't know about ultimately and and we'll probably never know about. But uh, it's been intriguing and enlightening in some stages. Uh, of course, uh, we play Leicester City tomorrow, as you've already alluded to, and there's a bit of a narrative, of course. Yuri Tielemans, I mean, we're already getting questions saying, and Namal says, any update 
on Yuri Tielemans. I don't think we can get a show by where there isn't a question asking about what's the latest on Yuri Tielemans. The honest answer is, is nothing has really changed. The only example of any update is that the Evening Standard reported yesterday that Leicester could have uh, lowered their value of the player to £25 million. I reported the other day on FL that Arsenal were willing to go as far as 2023 to kind of get him for free even though they're willing to, I just don't see that as a reality of something that could happen, but that's what they're willing to do. What do you think, mate? What do you it think? Do, it does worry me because in terms of, are we actually interested in Tillemans? How much do we want him? I think if there's a player you want, you go out and buy him as soon as possible if he's available. He's clearly available. Leicester's made him available. It's the fact that we're stalling on this deal does worry me about Arteta's intentions to you, Tillemans. Edu's intentions also to, to gain uh, Tillemans as well because your player is mm. there and you want him and he improves your squad. You go, you be proactive rather than proactive, sorry, rather than reactive, and you go and get the deal done. So that does worry me in that sense. I know we've been talking about outgoings, etc., with players. We need to sell players before we bring in players. But I think 25 million is a budge where you can just bring him in and then sell players after you bring him in, also. I don't think it's too much of an expensive transfer. So that does interest me as well. I think the 2023 free transfer route is very unrealistic as you did say because clearly a lot of things does mm. change in a year. Maybe we find a different target who's much better for a cheaper option or Tiedemans might go to another club who says he might even try to sign him. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure another club will come in for him before the end of the transfer window. For 25 million is an absolute steal and I know a club will probably panic by it or look to desperately bringing a midfielder and bringing, and bringing Yuri. So Arsenal is taking a big risk if they are really, really interested in him and want to wait till 2023. Indeed. Yeah, I, I, they aren't waiting until 22. They aren't going to get him for free. There's no way. I just can't see that happening. They, the information is from my end that they, they're willing to wait that long, but I, I just don't see that happening, to be honest, really. Uh, I mean, how do you think that is it wise for Brendan Rodgers to play him tomorrow? Because he clearly wants to come to Arsenal. We've known that there's an agreement in place from the players' perspective for a long time. Does it make sense to play him? Yeah, I think Tillemans is one of Leicester City's best midfielders. And I think. Um, one of the positives about Yuri is that he will play. He's, he's got a strong head on his on his shoulders, and he will play a good performance despite his his transfer speculation to Arsenal. He's not really like Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, where played against Liverpool in 2017 and managed to go to the club the next week, and he had a disastrous performance. I think that's kind of different. I think Tillemans will perform for Leicester regardless because the transfer mm. is still in the air right now, so the deal might not even happen, and you have to play your best players. And Leicester right now, of course, they haven't really made any more signings. They had a disappointing result against Brentford where Brentford come back from two goals down, so they're going to need the strongest midfielders on the pitch. So I reckon he'll still play and he should play. Yeah, look, I think he will play. Uh, it'll be intriguing how he performs. There's added pressure. He'll know that he's not going to be, you know, none the wiser to what the the story of the game is. Um, and he's quite easily one of their best players. Their team that they played against Brentford, I was shocked that they managed to get a 2-0 lead, to be honest, yeah. because their team is looking bare bones right now. You know, no Harvey Barnes, of course, isn't in there at the moment. Yes, they've got the likes of Wesley Fafana back and James Madison's there and Dewsbury Hall's a good talent, of course. But you look at that team and it was playing, they played like a 5-3-1-1 kind of formation. It was odds. I like Castagna. I think he's a very versatile player. But again, is he of the level? They got Soyuncu on the bench now. You think Soyuncu used to be so highly rated and people oh, love that guy, but he's fallen cool. away massively so there isn't too much of an excuse for us not to pick up maximum points in this game there really should be and we're going to be hoping with it in the first game of the home season you know that's going to be a great atmosphere and really buoy us into into a good performance uh let's talk about transfers of course um Yuri Tiller, as we've mentioned there Hector Bellerin according to Mundo Deportivo has been offered to Barcelona uh, as a potential move 
I'm I'm getting tactics. I'm feeling tactics yeah. off the back of this, uh, Bailey. What do you think? Yeah, it can't be true. Barcelona, surely they can't stretch their budget any further. You but say that. <laughs> witchcraft <laughs> yeah. is going on at Barcelona. At the moment. That is true. But yeah, no, I definitely do think it's a tactics. Interesting. Bellerin, of course, coming from the uh, La Masia Academy and suddenly he's been linked back with a move. I think that's just... That's always what happens to Barcelona, to players who left Barcelona and have the NRD, and they always get linked mm. back. And of course, that link makes so much sense. So it was always gonna, always gonna happen. But I don't think it deal that will happen. I don't think that is something that will happen. But again, it is interesting. Maybe we don't know Barcelona are stretching that budget further and bringing in Marcus Alonso and Bellerin somehow, some way. Mm, indeed, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but better ready for me will end up at Betis, and he will have his contract terminated. Yeah. That's not based on any info I have. That's just my theory. That's just the way I can see it going. I think Arsenal will eventually buckle, and yeah, it will go down to it will be a free deal that we just yeah absolutely do it. Uh, Afsar says, by the way, congratulations hitting twenty six k subs. Thank you so much. Didn't even notice, but thank you uh, for that reminder. Uh, we are on our way now, I guess, to thirty k after hitting um, twenty five. We're very close to actually hitting our year anniversary since we started the channel. Uh, I know it was my year anniversary a couple of days ago uh, mm -hmm. for working at FL. But uh, yeah, the channel is, I think, September is where we started, I think. So amazing that we've managed to go up 20K, 26K subs in, in a year. And that's a lot down to, well, it's all down to you guys really listening and watching. Without you, we wouldn't be here. So thank you ever so much. Drop a like if you're new. Subscribe indeed if you are too. Uh, let's go to Hank. says, is Smith Rowe fit? Uh, we will hear from Mikel Arteta later today. Press conference, I think, is at 1.30. You'll be able to watch that back on the channel as well. So make sure your subs with notifications turned on to get it. Smith Rowe coming back in. Bailey, is that? Is is that how much of a benefit to the first team that is? Because I think he's going to struggle to get minutes this season in the Premier League. Oh, yeah, he's going to struggle for sure. I think it all depends on Martinelli, really. I think the, mm. the midfield now, that's hard for him with Fabio Fierro, of course, back and now competing with Erdogan. I don't know how he fits into the midfield, but now mm. it's all about him and, and Gabriel Martinelli, especially if we do sign that mystery winger before the end of the transfer window. Then that will be a real a real uphill task for, for ML Smith-Rowe. But for now, he has to compete with Marcelli. Let's, let's say this, look, this time last season, Marcelli was probably in the position that Smith-Rowe was where he couldn't break into the team, couldn't start. So Smith-Rowe has to look at Marcelli as motivation and do the same and maybe uh, eclipse Marcelli by having an excellent, excellent run of form when he is given a chance. But yeah, it is definitely going to be a struggle in the early weeks of the season anyway for Smith-Rowe to get game time. And it's a shame because the World Cup's in November, of course, I and mean, we only have one more international break left, and I don't think Smith-Rowe will, will make that, unfortunately. So I think his last season dipping form has really affected him to make the World Cup as well. Uh, Afsar says, would you sell Smith-Rowe a £50 million offer came in? No, no. How definitely. much would it have to be? RTC, you're putting me on the spot. I'll probably say... Upwards of, I'll say upwards of 80. I'd entertain 80 million quid. Entertain, entertain, not except to entertain, entertain <laughs> upwards of 80 million. But again, it's a risk, it's a risk because Smith Rowe's potential is so so high. And I think we shouldn't sell our academy players. So 80 million, I'll entertain, not accept. I'd see how far we could go. But that is if Smith Rowe's current form does not improve. That is if his current form does not improve. But so... I think he will. <laughs> It's eighty million pounds to entertain it, so mm -hmm. he's worth nearly double Gabriel Jesus. He's yes. worth nearly triple Diego Carlos, or yes. four times as much as Philip Coutinho. Yes, uh, yes, he's worth. I'm just going down the Premier League transfers. <laughs> uh, whatever moves, he's worth more than Mark Cucurella. Nearly twenty million more than him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's worth thirty million more than Raheem Sterling. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
This is bad. I'm sorry. Fifty million pounds for me is a very fair price. So you take fifty for superiority. I'm not saying I take it. I just think it's a fair price. Fair price. You know, so what would you take? No. So what would you? I take? don't think I'd sell it. But I just, so if <laughs> but eighty million came slap bang on the table, if eighty million it depends who it came from. I think you know if okay, it came from Aston see. Villa, I'd be my, I'd be open to it. I, I think you, I think you'd have to be pretty stringent not to accept eighty million pounds for a Smith Rowe. <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to sell him. Like, don't get me yeah, wrong. I don't want to see him go. Eighty million quid. Like eighty million. <laughs> 80 million. But look, look, Wesley Fofana is going for 80 million. Smithrow's an English young player. His potential is through the roof. And that's how much players are going for nowadays. Jack Grealish, of course, 100 million. No Umar would not replace Smithrow. Wow. I mean, you think Awar's worth like 90 million. So surely, like. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Awar is a very good player, but 90 million, I would not be playing 90 million for Awar. But back to the Smithrow conversation. Mm. Yes, 80 million, they are entertaining. And he's a young English talent. English international players nowadays, inflation in transfers is extremely high. So 50 million for Smith Rowe, I wouldn't accept it. But 80 million, we're talking, we're talking. Chat box, let us know. Uh, comment section, what would be the minimum price you'd accept from Will Smith Rowe? I'm very intrigued to know uh, what, what you've accepted. <laughs> uh, let's go. I mean, there was an interesting link yesterday also, Manchester City being linked to Kieran Tierney. Mm. Constantine says, would you sell Tierney for 50 million pounds if it came in? I don't think. Oh, I think I would accept fifty million, but I don't oh, right. think it's. I don't think it's realistic. Oh, Smith Rowe right, is thirty million more than Tierney. Yes, yes. TC, look, I'm just going by the English ta- English player tax. The the youngster. He's You're not buying into the Scottish tax. Does that not come into it? <laughs> so don't do that. Plus, Tierney's very injury prone. But fifty million for Tierney would be a good good offer to take, considering he might not even be starting this year. But I don't. I do believe it's unrealistic because Manchester City wouldn't sign an injury prone left back when they desperately need the position to be covered on a regular basis. So, yeah. Indeed. Hank says 80 million. Dreamer. Uh, Gene says, <laughs> I'd love ESR, but 50 million seems good. Tony says 65 million for Smith Rowe is a fair price. Wow. I mean, we haven't sold a player for, I mean, what our record sale is. Is it Alex Oxley Chamberlain or Wobi? I'm trying to think anyone we sell for more than yeah. 38 odd million quid. TC, all I'll say is by the time you reach, let's say October, ask that question again and you'll see, and we'll see how much you value. Mm, yeah, 80 million might seem a bit crazy <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by that you. point. I'm scrolling down, 26 million for Joe Willock, 27 million for Alex Awobi, but it was definitely more than that. This is called a transfer mart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex also Chamberlain, 34. Serge yeah, Gnabry, 4.5. How uh, sad is that? That's unreal. Uh, yeah, but beyond that, 27 million for Robin Van Persie. I don't think, I think Alex Awobi and Alex also Chamberlain are our record sales. So, 80 million quid 50 million would even be our record sale uh if it was that ronald says 60 million plus for tierney uh carl says tom stop trying to tie bailey and knots uh graham berry collins says pino and tielemans when are they happening we've talked a little about tielemans what do you make of jeremy pino uh he's i haven't seen enough of him but it's interesting to see how much he is worth for such a young talent and of course we do need a winger however i would say i would prefer arnold danjuma from Villarreal and I was going really? to that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dan Juma. I think he would come in and really improve the Arsenal team. But again, Yemi Pino is very highly rated. Of course, Liverpool are also reportedly interested in him, which shows the talent he does possess. But again, it's interesting. We shall see. I don't think it's a deal that will happen before the end of the mm. window. Yeah, I will be surprised if we bring in Jeremy Pino or a wide player. I think centre midfield is the more likely area that we'll see. It's going to be interesting as well. I mean, I did a piece uh, and talking about this with Kai yesterday in our press box show about how and where Fabio Vieira plays. If he plays in midfield, 
potentially that means our targets is very much more in a wider area. If Fabio Vieira comes on, say, for Bukayo Saka and plays on that right-hand yeah. side, perhaps then our focus is more in central midfield. I mean, where do you think Fabio will play? I mean, you don't, you don't have to say that you know, but where do you think? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I, do, I feel like he could play on the wing. I think that coming in from the right-hand side, that could be a definite, definite option or... Or again, for Erdogan, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say. I think I don't think he'll play in midfield. Mm. I don't think he'll play a part of a three. If he does play midfield, he'll definitely be in a more advanced position early on in his career, anyway. Because I know he's got a lot of bulking up to do. He's got a lot of, um, of course, if it's a quality factor, I think it is a thing in the Premier League. So I think in the early days he might play on the wing, but he could shift in to midfield. But that is interesting actually because that definitely does, I think, impact our transfer business for sure. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. We'll have to wait and see where he plays. As I said earlier, you'll be able to watch Mikel Arteta's press conference on the channel just after it finishes, probably around two half two this afternoon. So make sure that you are tuned in with those notifications turned on. Uh, that's going to round us off for today. I'm going to press you for a prediction though uh, for uh, for Leicester. What are you going to go for? I'm going to go with a 3-0 mm. Gunners victory. Jay's used to get his first Premier League guard at Emirates Stadium as well. No, nice. Yeah, I said 3-0 as well. Uh, hat-trick for Jesus? I don't think so. I think he'll get on the score sheet once or twice. That'd be quite nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, he needs to get a goal because if he doesn't, you know, I think if he doesn't score in the first two games, you'll see the narrative start coming out. Oh, he's not scored. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know that's going to happen. So I think, yeah, getting a goal in this game is going to be absolutely key for, for Jesus. Well, he's going for a 2-0 win uh, right now. So there you go. V-Dub also going for a 2-0 victory with his prediction for the game tomorrow. Uh, Steve says selling Tilly for 50 million, considering that his injury prone is a good price. The club be making a £25 million pound profit on him to do that, which is a fair point. And Schrodinger's cat flap going for a 3-1 victory as well. It's a shame we sheet. can't keep the clean sheet. Got to keep that clean sheet run going. We'll try and concede less goals this season than last season. Keeping one at Crystal Palace is no mean feat, trust me, and we managed it. So Saliba to boss again. We'll finish off with Umar's prediction of 3-0 as well. And Graham says, Jesus Hattrick and Tillemans OG at oh. a 4-0 <laughs> Arsenal win. I love that narrative goal. We'll see you again, guys, very soon. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you, TC. Thank you, everyone, in the comment section. Also, make sure to tune in for the post-match reaction for the Arsenal Leicester. I'm sure it's me and Umar who will be mm. covering that. So make sure to tune in for that. Yeah, I've got a rare match day off and I couldn't get a ticket. Unbelievable. Uh, but uh, I'll be enjoying it from wherever I am. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.